Welcome, welcome, geeks and nerds, girls and boys, to a brand new edition of Geeks Me Radio. Today we are joined by Brian Volquis talking about a brand new docu-series he has coming to Amazon Prime called A Toy Store Near You. We'll get into some other projects he has coming up, some toys that impressed him, all that and more. Stand by. We're talking TV, comics and movies, and video games. For those of you tuning in, uh, as you do each week, we appreciate your finding us. If you're hearing us out there in the world streaming this, thank you very much for doing so. And of course, if you're hearing this after the fact in the podcast form on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, Podomatic, iHeartRadio, or wherever you get your podcasts from, thank you for finding us there. And hopefully you're subscribing and enjoying the show. I'm your host, James Enstall, and each week we try to bring you some new guests, someone fun to listen to. Uh, Brian Volquis, you know him from the producer and creative mind behind the toys that made us, the movies that made us, a lot of comedy specials that he's worked on. And right now, he's got a brand new series coming out that we're going to talk about, so we're going to jump right in. Right now, we're joined by the creative mind behind the toys that made us, the movies that made us, a variety of comedy specials with a brand new docu-series out. We've got Brian Volquis. How are you, sir? I am good. Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. Glad to do so. Uh, as I mentioned to you before we started, the, the second series of The Toys That Made Us was great. The movies that made us, my wife and I sat down and watched it. It's brilliant. And what you're doing now with this new docuseries, A Toy Store Near You, is incredibly exciting. Uh, before we get into what it's about, talk a little bit about how the idea came to you to do this project. Um, it was basically, I guess... Um, Three things happened. The first was uh, COVID. Uh, so I was talking to uh, one of the toy stores uh, near my office in Burbank, and uh, the quarantine hadn't gone into effect yet, but we thought it would. And I just said to him, I'm like, hey, man, like, what happens if there's a quarantine? Obviously now, retroactively a stupid question. <laughs> uh, he was like, well, uh, let's see. 80% of my revenue will go away, uh, but none of my expenses will go down. Mm. And I'm like, oh, well, that's really bad. So weirdly enough, that night, or it could have been the next night, I don't know, but within 24 to 48 hours of that conversation, for the first time ever, my wife uh, never did this before. I never haven't seen her do it since. She was watching this YouTube show 
on our television uh, about some Japanese uh, noodle maker. Uh, and it was all about him making noodles, like fancy noodles in Japan. And uh, I was sitting there watching it, and, uh, you know, it was like one camera, but it was obviously done with his phone or something simple. And I'm like, we can do that. I, I own a production company. I own a distribution company. I, uh, we could do that if the stores would be willing to shoot the footage themselves. So the next morning, super early, I call my buddy uh, Billy Galaxy, uh, who owns a uh, amazing, one of my favorite vintage toy stores in the whole world up in Portland, Oregon. And I was like, Billy, uh, I know this might be crazy, but uh, if you, if I told you like 10 things to shoot and then like 10 questions to answer, uh, could you shoot it and send it to me and then we could turn it into a TV show? And he was like, yeah, I could do that. And then once I knew he could do it, I guess this, sorry, I guess this, it's a four-step process. That was step three. <laughs> uh, and then step four was, once I knew Billy could do it, uh, and I also spoke to my production and post-production departments, and they said they could do it, um, we put out a press release, and uh, we forwarded it to about 30 stores that we were already in business with because uh, they had helped us do the premiere of season three of Toys That Made Us. Um, and of the 30 stores we went to, about 25 or 26 immediately jumped on board. Uh, and then word got out, and we got another 25 stores for a total of 50. Uh, we have locked three episodes. We have footage for about 37 episodes. Uh, and we have paperwork with 50 stores. Uh, and the first episode comes out, uh, I believe, next week, May 29th. And your publicist was kind enough to send me over a screener for the first episode with uh, with Billy, uh, which was great. It was... Uh... I didn't know what to expect, obviously, when I saw it, but it was it's exactly what I hoped it would be, though, when I did end up finally seeing it. Uh, so basically, this is all self-film footage from toy store owners and employees uh, literally across the globe, which I think is very cool. And like you said, the ground the groundwork was already laid. You already had the production company. I'm sure being a toy expert as you are, you kind of knew different businesses to contact. So this is coming at the perfect time. And then the great thing is the majority of the proceeds from the show are going to go back to the toy stores that are featured to help keep them in business, which is also amazing. That's exactly right. And, you know, going back to what I said when I had that conversation with the toy owner about quarantine, our goal was get money to the stores as quickly as possible and also exposure because what hopefully the show will do is people will watch it. And it's so funny. I was, uh, I was talking to someone the other day last week, and uh, he was like, hey, man, I know the pilot was 22 minutes, but it actually took about 45 minutes for me to watch it. And in my head, I'm like, oh, dude, what a jerk. Like, why would you tell me that? That's like the worst thing you could ever hear. You know, you always want to hear oh, it was 20 minutes, it felt like five minutes. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, all right, man, well, you know, that's your opinion, I respect it. And he was like, yeah, I kept hitting pause so I could look at what was on the shelves, <laughs> and then I went to his eBay account, and I was, like, buying everything. And I'm like, ooh, that's actually a compliment. Right. Okay, I like that. Uh, so, that, I mean, that's a, and by the way, I am a victim of that as well. Uh, I have, of the first three episodes we've rocked, 
uh, of the two that are in the United States, episode three is in uh, Lancaster, England. Um, but of the two that are in the United States, uh, if you watch the first one, do you remember that the, the original Takara Megatron? Yeah, yeah, the, the one that was kind of like the man from Uncle one. Yeah, well, that that's in my collection now. That is no longer uh, in Billy's store. Uh, and the second episode, uh, which is thirteen thirteen Mockingbird, which is in Lock, uh, uh, Lawrence, Kansas, um, they uh, in the episode show this like crazy uh, He-Man figure. Which, to be honest with you, everybody always thinks I'm like a toy expert of every single toy ever made. That is not the case. And in fact, one of the areas I have the least knowledge, and also prior to the show, interest in was He-Man. Uh, so he had a He-Man figure I had never seen before, uh, and uh, that figure is on its way to me right now. So um, that, at least for me, the show works right. uh, in that it's generating sales. And it's great, too, because at the very end, as you go through the credits, you do tag the uh, social media handle of the toy store so people can go to the website or go to them on social media and find them. Exactly. Which as is soon as it great. fades to black, that's the first thing you see. And then the other thing, we haven't done this yet, uh, but it should hopefully be happening next week. Uh, my internal uh, quote-unquote code name, even though it's not you know, a secret, of, and I wouldn't be telling you if it was a secret, uh, but it sounds cool. Uh, my internal code name, uh, we're doing uh, Operation 49, and what that basically is is uh, we're trying to build a network of all the stores to support the episode that's coming out. Oh, so when Billy's episode comes out, in theory, we're going to get the other 49 stores to support Billy. Then when episode two comes out, Billy and the other 48 stores will help the second episode. And then combined with our own social media assets and all that stuff, and, you know, we also have some sponsors who have some pretty big social. Uh, we, are, uh, we are hoping to drive a lot of people to the show. And the sponsors, I found that interesting, too, because it's like every, sponsors are great. Everyone needs them. Radio shows like myself. There's uh, NASCAR. You think of sponsors. So you've got eBay, Tribeca Film Festival, Death Wish Coffee, and Super 7 are four of the, the sponsors. How did they get involved? Did you approach them? Uh, do you already have a kind of a working relationship with some of these from your previous projects? Talk about how the sponsors came about. Uh, yeah, I mean, we were already to some degree in business with all of them or friends with them or whatever. So we're doing something with Tribeca, so I asked Tribeca. We're doing something with eBay, so I asked eBay. So, and, you know, I asked about 20 other companies, uh, and these were the four uh, that said yes. Um, and, you know, I, I consider my, you know, by the way, I mean, some of the companies I was asking to, you know, I feel bad saying this, but it's true. You know, some of the companies I was asking for sponsorship help from, you know, I mean, if I had to guess, uh, you know, they're worried about their own financial stability. So sure. uh, I am not surprised during a time like this, uh, we, we did not have money pouring in from sponsors. But at the same time, you've done, I mean, and not just counting the projects that we mentioned, but all, all the, uh, the the producing projects you've done with the com the comedy specials we talked about last time we had you on, I would think that it would just be good business sense, hey, Brian does these projects that are always very high visibility. It'd be good business sense to sponsor a project because that's eyes on their company as well. 
I would think so, but you, you never know. And, and by the way, I'm sure we'll get some support uh, from the big toy companies. I mean, they, you know, they've always been very good to us. We do everything we can to be good to them. So I, I am, I am sure uh, we're going to have some good support, more than what we have already, even. Let's hope so, because it's, it's an amazing uh, project. And like I said, it's kind of giving back too, which is which is brilliant. Uh, the way it's being set up. Uh, my, I guess one question, and again, maybe you can't speak to this for whatever reason. So if you can't just say pass, we'll move on. Obviously, uh, the toys that made us movies that made us were on Netflix. The new one is dropping on Amazon prime on May 29th. Was there a reason for the switch to prime as opposed to Netflix? And with that question, we're going to pause. We're going to take our first break. Come right back. Talking the whole hour with Brian Volkwe. So stand by. And the masters of the universe. This is Arthur Burkhart, an actor from your past, and you're listening to a great show, Geek to Me Radio. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Geek to Me Radio. This show would not be possible. Without the support of the City of St. Charles, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau, you might know them from the website I always give out, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com. Uh, go to the website. You've got a link at the top where you can click on for all the COVID-19 updates, uh, local business updates, business resources, and how you can help. Obviously, they've still got their website going with all the things there are to see and do. Uh, some of the restrictions starting to be lifted. A lot of the businesses are still doing curbside pickup. If you're a fan of a particular restaurant down there or, like me, all the restaurants down there, uh, you can still do curbside pickup. Some of them are open with the proper safety measures intact. Uh, a lot of people are out walking in Frontier Park. It's a great time to be outside and getting some fresh air. Uh, we're all We're all at that point. We want to be done with this. Uh, we still have to observe social distancing. St. Charles has done a great job of making sure that people are staying on point with that. And you can go to the website now to see what's open, what's not, what you can get carry out from, what places you can still go visit. Uh, Kilwins is doing a nice business. I know with they're limiting people inside the stores. A lot of places are, uh, go to the website, check it out. We are still hoping that legends and lanterns will be the first big festival that kicks off. Uh, the festival season for St. Charles. That's coming up. You can learn all about that event and more. If you're uh, maybe traveling soon or you want to see places to stay or, hey, once this is over, I want to travel. I want to go someplace. St. Charles is a great place to go and visit. So check out the website, discoverstcharles.com. That's discoverstcharles.com for all the information on what there is to see and do, what's open and what's not. And uh, please remember all to be safe while you're out and about. We are joined this hour by, by uh, let me try that again. We are joined this hour by Brian Volquis talking about a toy store near you, a new docu-series that he has coming out on Amazon Prime. And before we went to break, we were asking the difference between having your shows on Netflix versus having this show on Amazon Prime. Basically, with Netflix, you have to sell them shows. Ah. So they need to want to buy it 
Um, so rumor has it Netflix already has a show on about toys, uh, and they are not, uh, to the best of my knowledge, looking for another one. So as I said earlier, you know, we have our own distribution network, and, you know, we have a direct deal with Amazon Prime, so, like, we don't have to sell it to them. Oh, and just so you know, it's not only going to be uh, on Amazon Prime. It's going to be premiering on Amazon Prime and YouTube, uh, and then over the course of, you know, 30 to 90 days, I mean, it's going to be popping up everywhere. Roku, um, Tubi, um, I mean, you, you name it. Anywhere where you stream uh, content or, you know, anything like that that's not a subscription, uh, in theory, because we do this with our stand-up comedy all the time. So we're basically just running the show through the same network we use to uh, release stand-up. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense. Sure, sure. And then with this being an international thing, which I, I find fascinating because, you know, you, you did the episode on Transformers that came from Japan with the Takara company. So it, it's, it makes sense in my mind that obviously there are other countries around the world that do toys. But when you see it like this at such a, uh, I guess, local level with this series, a toy store near you, it's got to be very cool to have the people from the Netherlands and from Taiwan and the U.K., just jumping in the chance to participate in this. That's got to be, I guess, a testament to both the fact that you produce such quality shows, but also the the universal love of toys around the world. Yeah. I mean, we, we, I really wanted it to be international, uh, partially because COVID is international. Yeah. Um, but I also wanted it to be international because, you know, uh, toys are an international thing. And for a variety of reasons, uh, you know, American toy companies uh, make and get the bulk of the credit uh, and attention for toys. So, I mean, that is always something I've kept at the back of my mind from the beginning of Toys That Made Us. So, um, but, you know, it was, it was somewhat easy. I wouldn't say, I mean, it was so funny. Like, it was hard to find a store in England, even though we found the greatest store uh, ever. Uh, it was hard to find a store. It wasn't that hard, but uh, we, it took us a beat to find Netherlands. Uh, we actually just got a store in uh, Mexico City. Um, but uh, Billy Galaxy knew the two stores in Japan. Yeah, and, you know, Billy's an ET on the show as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, Billy reached out to uh, two of the stores in Japan. Uh, I was in Taiwan uh, for Christmas and uh, just randomly found that toy store, uh, which is like the best toy store ever. Oh, my God. Uh, and, um, yeah, so, I mean, it was it – was, it, we really were able to get – uh, a lot of support from relationships that we already had, uh, thanks to the first three seasons of Toys That Made Us. And I'm very excited. Obviously, our uh, show broadcast based in St. Louis on the Terrestrial Radio. Uh, so you've got Andy's Toys from St. Louis and Retro TV Toys from St. Louis, too. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited. Obviously, it's going to make a lot of people happy if they live in Portland, if they live in Everett, Washington, or if they live in Lakewood, Colorado, to see their local toy store featured. That's, that's very cool for them as well. I think so, and I hope so, and what we also tried to do with the show a little bit, uh, and since you've seen one, you can tell me if we succeeded or not, you know, a minor character in every episode is the city, so we really tried to give a flavor of what the city was like um, as much as it was the store and the people that own and work at the stores as well. 
No, I would say you nailed that too. Cause I remember seeing some of the, the, you know, the, the stock footage, not stock footage, but the film of the different landmarks in Portland. And they're the same kind of shows that set you up like leverage on uh, TNT that Dean Devlin did. You see those, those iconic landmarks. So I think you did a great job of putting that local flavor in each episode or the first episode. Anyway, I'm sure it's uh, very much the same in all the other ones. That, that's also very fun to see. Good. I'm glad you noticed that. Absolutely. And with what what amazes me, you just mentioned, you know, working from home. Uh, these are all being filmed by the store owners and sent to you because we're in this COVID lockdown. It, it's odd to say there couldn't be a better time for this to happen, obviously, because of what you're doing. But the technology is there to do this kind of thing, too. It's it's like this kind of perfect storm, which is very interesting. I mean, it's amazing. I mean, it's, and it might even be more amazing than most people realize because, I mean, it, like, the, the thing about the footage, which is so interesting to me, at least, and I'm not a technical guy. Like, uh, our post-production team, you know, the, the head of our team, Dale, I mean, she, you know, when I said to her, can we do this? And she was the one who said, yes, we can, after a couple of days of making sure it would work. Like, what she explained to me, which I didn't understand until she did, but basically, these iPhone 10s and 11s, they can shoot the footage in a certain way that the footage is easy and small enough to send through a professional version of Dropbox. Yeah. But it's also, and this is what makes it so crazy, I mean, and my joke is, like, it's like the biggest, best chocolate cookie, chocolate chip cookie you've ever had, but there's no calories. <laughs> the thing that's interesting about the iPhone capabilities is the file size, as it relates to how you transfer it through the web, is small. But the, the file size is big enough so that when we put it, when we lock the cut, and we put it into our color correcting machines and our audio sweetening machines, um, they can treat it almost as regularly and normally as though we had shot it on our, like, $80,000 cameras. Like, that's what's so amazing. I, I, I wish I, I, mean, I could do this, of course, but who cares? But it would be interesting to send you what Billy Galaxy's episode looked like before we put it into our big, expensive toys. Because actually, this is the wrong show to use the word toys. Uh, and our big, expensive color correcting machines. Because um, they really, and that's really a testament to Apple that the format was robust enough that our tools could work and make the greens greener, the yellows yellower, and all that stuff. But at the same time, a civilian in the middle of the Netherlands uh, could just email it to us, you know, in 45 seconds. I mean, that blew my mind, and I didn't realize that could be done until we were actually doing it. And now with all these episodes you're doing, one episode per store, and you've got 50 of them, it looks like, uh, just literally spread out all over the globe, is there any of these stores that you saw? You, you mentioned you bought a few from the, a couple of these places already. But is there anyone that's like, you know what? As soon as the COVID lifts and we've got travel restrictions are all gone, I got to go visit this store in person. Were there any that really jumped out at you? We're going to take our next break. Come right back. Chat a little bit more with Brian Volkwe. So stand by. The Transformers. Hey, you guys, this is Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And after we've kicked Shredder's butt, we all get down the sewer and we listen to Geek to Me Radio. Turtle power! 
Welcome back to the show. Geek to me radio. I'm your host, James Enstall. Uh, I love having guests on. Brian, this is the second time Brian Volquist has been on. Last time we got to talk all about the uh, the toys that made us, the second season that was coming out, or I guess third season technically, and uh, the movies that made us. Brand new series out, a docu-series coming out on May 28th called A Toy Store Near You, talking about the toy stores that have been impacted by the COVID-19 pandemic. And when he's profiling all these stores for this show, I asked him if there was a toy store out of these 50 stores that really kind of stood up, grabbed his attention. Well, the guy who owns the store in Leicester, England, uh, I texted him yesterday. I said to him, I have no idea where Leicester is, but I promise you the next time I'm in London, I don't care if I got to drive for eight hours or I got to get on a plane. I am coming to your store with an empty suitcase. Uh, I mean, it, it, is, it is. And by the way, the only reason I haven't bought anything from him, if I'm being honest with you, because he definitely has stuff that I want to buy, um, is I'm, yeah, I'm not going to spend a trillion billion dollars on shipping. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, so yeah, so of the three stores that I've seen cuts for, uh, the two of the three are American, uh, and two of the three I've bought stuff from. So, you know, do the math. Yeah, yeah. I'm always worried someone will hear this and I'll get like <laughs> arrested for insider trading <laughs> by the toy police. Right. No, I, I don't think such a thing exists. But if there if there oh, is a way to God. add it to the government bureau, they'll probably find a way to do that in the next election cycle. Who knows? I, <laughs> I, I should not have given them the idea. You're right. And I think it's funny too that uh, Billy made a point in the first episode that uh, so many people they've got collections, and I've, I've seen it with comic books, which I also collect as well as I collect toys. Um, the people are dumping their collections. It's like, I need money. They threw either they're out of work or they're on a part-time. And he was like, don't sell your stuff. But I, I go on eBay as I do daily just to see what things I can't afford, but want. And I see the prices are still pretty consistent on stuff, which I would think if the market's being flooded, prices would go down on certain things. So it's a very interesting standpoint from both collectors. And I guess people who are new and you are very versed in the toy market. Uh, have you found any uh, fluctuations in pricing on certain stuff that you personally collect or that you look for on eBay? I mean, let me start off by saying I know nothing about comic books. Okay. So I don't want anybody to hear what I'm saying and think I'm talking about comic books. Okay. I'm only talking about vintage toys. And what I have seen uh, is really interesting, and I can't figure out why. Um, there are certain toys that I have bought in the last 60 days that are down. I'm not the best at math, so I'll give you real. I'm not, I'm not good at figuring out percentages, so I'll give you real numbers. Like, there is something I've been wanting to get for a long time that was $4,700. Uh, I got it for six hundred, uh, and I, I feel guilty about that. Like, but you know, I was talking to the seller, and I'm like, "Hey, man, are you sure you want to sell this?" And he's like, "Listen, I don't want to sell it. I have to sell it. I got a mortgage, yeah. and I thank God that you're buying it. So don't feel bad because the truth of the matter is, I wouldn't have paid any more for it. I sure as hell wouldn't have paid forty seven hundred. Sure. So, you know, I felt better after he said that." So that's so I've seen a lot of that. But then the other thing that I've seen, uh, which I think is really interesting, is there are certain things that are just, you know, if they were a thousand dollars for the last two years, they're still a two thousand they're still two thousand dollars. And then on certain auction sites, um thank you. Uh on certain auction sites, um 
I mean, there are things that are like going for like two to three to four times uh, what anybody thought they'd be going for. Hmm. Um, so it's a very, um, and you know, we are living right now, and I hope I'm not getting in the weeds here, but like this year, next year, maybe the next three or four years, we are living during a uh, tremendous transition, uh, particularly in the Star Wars market, where a lot of the people that were into the vintage Star Wars movie uh, movies uh, are dying. Uh, and so that's two things are happening. And, you know, they're, they're dying from old age. Yeah. So you basically, so two things are happening because of that. One, you don't have the buyers around in the numbers that you used to pushing the prices up. But also, um, uh, because the people are dying in greater numbers, it's flooding the market. So basically, if there was like only five pieces of a certain thing, and one of those pieces might come up in auction over every 12 to 15 years, it's now theoretically possible, and I've seen this happen a couple times, where three of those things go up for auction, you know, within the, the, the four-month period. Yeah. So that's also driving down the price. But the reason why I called it the great transition is um, what you're also seeing now, which is it's so funny to me because I'm one of the only I'm, – I'm turning 44 next week – I'm one of the only people I know my age uh, who's a Star Wars fan that likes the original trilogy and the prequels and the Clone Wars. So most Star Wars fans my age and older are shocked about what I'm about to say. But the prices of the prequel stuff and the Clone Wars stuff, I mean, is racing up. I mean, anything Ahsoka Tano related oh, now yeah, yeah. is like 800 to 1,000% higher than what it would have been a year and a half ago. Um, and there's so little of it, by the way. That's the other thing that's so interesting. So this huge transition is happening, um, and it's so funny. My Clone Wars collection, you know, I bought it at Toys R Us and stuff when it came out because I loved the show. Um, I mean, it's, you know, stuff that I paid 40 bucks for is now going for 400 bucks. Hmm. I have, I have, believe it or not, I have never seen that, uh, in my entire collecting period where basically if I bought something for 40 bucks, it would be worth maybe 80 bucks now. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? This is the first time within my own lifetime I'm seeing, you know, with the vintage stuff, I had to catch up and I had to pay a premium to catch up. Um, but now the the Clone Wars stuff and the prequels are blowing up. It's crazy. And it's awesome. And it's very hard to imagine, too, that, you know, just a couple of days ago, we celebrated the 15th anniversary of Revenge of the Sith coming out, which doesn't seem like it should have been that long ago. So it's kind of mind boggling how time has passed. So crazy. So crazy. I feel like that was five years ago. Yeah, no, exactly. I found that I'm right there with you. And again, I also feel like the same way. I don't understand why some people are so entrenched that I'm only a fan of the original trilogy when it, it's all Star Wars. It's all good, in my opinion. Some of it's not as good as others, but I, I really enjoyed the sequels for the most part. And I love the Clone Wars. This final season's been great. So if you're a fan, especially of the toys, this is a great time to be alive because now we're getting the retro series that are coming back out. Best Buy exclusives, the Mandalorian Imperial tank that was ju had just come out. It's, it's amazing time to be seeing all this stuff. And the fact that you're showcasing these vintage toy stores in your new series, A Toy Store Near You, is absolutely incredible. 
That was our goal. So what else do you have that you're working on? Can you tell us about anything else that uh, might be coming? Are we getting a season two of Movies That Made Us or anything else you're working on right now? We're going to come back from our next break, talk more with Brian Volquist this whole hour. Keep it tuned right here. Stand by. Attention, maggots. This is Sergeant Slaughter from WWE at G.I. Joe, the real American hero. And you're listening to Geek to Me. Don't touch that dial, and that's an order. And we're back. Quick little bit of business before we get back with Brian Volquist. I'd like to talk to you about Marcus Theaters. MarcusTheaters.com. If you're anything like me, you miss the movies. I'm a movie fan. I love going to the theaters. I saw, I think, E.T. was my very first movie that I ever saw in a theater, 1982. And I saw it at a Werenberg Theater, now Marcus Theaters, on New Halls Ferry, for those of you who are in the St. Louis area. Um, I've been hooked ever since. Movie magic. I miss movie theater going experiences. I'm sure many, many people do. Marcus Theater is working hard to bring that experience home. You go to their website, marcustheaters.com. A lot of specials going. The Marcus Movie Fun Pack. Bring movie night home delivered right to your door. They will deliver it to you. You go to the website. You pick out the huge bag of popcorn. You pick out your movie-sized candies that you want. They'll send you some extra goodies along with that all delivered right to your house so you can have movie night at home. I've already done this once. I know some friends of mine have done it uh, a couple of times after I showed them the picture on Instagram of what I got. They're like, I need to get this. You should too. Um, they've also got little coloring pages, activities, uh, specials that they're bringing right to your couch to help keep you entertained. If you've got kids, keep them entertained. And Marcus has really stepped up. I'm very, very proud that they're a sponsor of this show uh, just from what they've been doing. I know they're champing at the bit, chomping at the bit, champing at the bit. You say potato, I say vodka. They're ready to get back to the movie business and just as ready as we are to go back to the movies, but we're going to do it smartly. We're going to do it safely. Marcus knows that. Um, A lot of graduates who are unfortunately missing graduation for COVID. Free $5 e-gift card with the purchase of a $25 gift card. Give the gift of movies to these graduates. Uh, Let them go see movies as soon as things start opening back up. They've extended their snack cash uh, rewards so that uh, those of you who maybe had something that was expiring, they're now extending that. The snack cash has been extended because uh, obviously movie going is on temporary pause. Uh, they've really done a great job through this whole COVID-19. I hope you'll support them. They are a, uh, a local business in many senses, and I'm very proud to have them as a sponsor of the show. Hopefully they're proud to be affiliated with me as well. Follow them on Twitter for updates. And, of course, Marcus Theaters and Movie Tavern can all be found at marcustheaters.com. Com. Uh, we've got a lot of shows. I know we've been kind of pausing in between things. This COVID thing is kind of throwing me off as well. So I apologize for not putting shows out as often. I have a lot of interviews on the books ready to come out. We were able to talk with uh, Jesse Camacho from Lock and Key. We were able to talk with Emily Swallow from The Mandalorian. And we've got some interviews on deck. We're going to try to start cranking these out a little more regularly. If you're liking these interviews, please follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Geeks Me Radio, let me know you're enjoying it. I love to hear from the fans. If there's someone you're kind of interested in maybe wanting me to try to get for the show, I always try to get good, interesting guests. Hopefully you feel that way, that I am doing such a good job and I am getting great guests. Uh, But give me some feedback. Constructively worded, if you could. My ego is very fragile. but I always like hearing from my listeners and I really appreciate 
the feedback I've gotten from all of you who have reached out at geek to me radio on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and of course at Marcus theaters, you can follow them on there as well. As I mentioned, uh, one of our show sponsors, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back talking, uh, finishing our talk actually with Brian Volkwies talking about his new docu-series, a toy store near you. Please stand by. Sword of Omens, come to my hand. I, lion command it. Hi, this is Larry Kenny, the voice of lion and you're listening to geek to me Radio. Welcome back to geek to me Radio. I'm your host, James Ensall, and we're wrapping up our talk with the creative mind behind uh, the toys that made us and the movies that made us on Netflix, Brian Volquist. Now we're talking about a brand new docu-series he has coming out on Amazon Prime, May 28th, A Toy Store Near You. It's a brilliant project. Uh, his publicist was very kind, reached out to me and asked if I'd like to speak to him. The answer is, of course. Uh, Brian's a very dynamic person and had a lot to say. I love talking with fellow toy collectors anyway, so it's always a pleasure to speak with Brian. Before we took our last break, we'd asked him, he's got a lot of irons in the fire. He's got a lot of projects. What project is next? Uh, movies that made us, uh, more episodes are in the works as we speak. So, uh, we started working on that, I think, in February. Um, so, uh, hopefully, uh, everybody's gonna be real happy with the, uh, the selection. Uh, we have a show coming out, uh, next month on BET Plus. Uh, called All the Way Black, uh, which is uh, all about African-American uh, nostalgia-based culture, um, which is it, it's similar to a show we've done called Discontinued um, oh, yeah. in that. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar uh, structurally to that show. So I'm very, very happy, very, very proud of that show. Uh, and hopefully the press for that uh, is going to be starting up next week. So uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun. And then we're working on this other show right now. We're working on a lot of stuff I can't talk about, by the way, but I can tell you uh, what's already been announced I can tell you about. But uh, we have another show uh, that we're doing right now for Disney Plus uh, called Behind the Attraction. Uh, we are partnered up with, uh, with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and his company Seven Bucks, uh, and that is all about their uh, parks and uh, attractions, which some people call rides. Um, and that, uh, I don't want to say when that's coming out, because uh, I don't want to get in trouble in case it doesn't come out when <laughs> we hope it will. Understood. But, uh, that is in the works, and it has been uh, publicly uh, declared. Very cool. And you're very active on social media. Where can people find you on Instagram and Twitter and everything like that? I'm not really a Twitter guy. I don't think I've tweeted in like three or four years, uh, maybe more. Um, but I always tell people, you know, Instagram and Facebook, uh, in particular Instagram, um, you know, I, you know I, I think that's the best way to follow me. Um, maybe I'm wrong. But, yeah, Instagram, safe, Facebook, safe. Perfect. Uh, Brian Volkwitz, very excited to check out a toy store near you coming on Amazon and uh, YouTube and other outlets, and that'll be on May 29th. Thanks so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, sir. Thank you. Always fun. I appreciate it. Thank you. That's going to do it for another episode of geek to me Radio. I appreciate 
you all tuning in and listening. Thank you to my show sponsors once again, the Greater St. Charles Convention and Visitors Bureau, and of course, Marcus Theaters, without whom this show would not be possible. If you would like to become a sponsor of Geek to Me Radio, feel free to shoot me an email, james at geek2meradio.com. Just put in the subject line, show sponsor. We can send you some plans and some different rates and talk. If you have a guest idea or a show idea for me, please send me an email at uh, the email address, geek2meradio at gmail.com. And just put in the subject line, show guest or show idea. And we'll be happy to take a look at that and get back to you as well. Lots of stuff coming up. Be safe, everyone. And until next week. It's not in the way you watch I sound. Toy stores all over the world. Good night. Hi, this is James Enstall, host of Geek Me Radio, and in honor of my favorite Themyserian, I've decided to become an Amazon warrior. Hera, give me strength. The next time you want to buy something from Amazon, go to geektomeradio.com first and click on our Amazon affiliate link. Simply shop like you normally would, and when you check out, a small percentage will go towards supporting the show. So remember, the next time you want to search Amazon for the latest Wonder Woman graphic novel or parts for your invisible jet... Click through from geek 2 first. The world was in peril. Would you have me stand by and do nothing?